RadioInfluence.com. Former OAN TV host and current Donald Trump attorney Christina Bob exposes rampant election fraud and provides solutions to stop it on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. To even mention voter election fraud and election integrity, you're labeled a denier by many on the left. But we know better. I brought on guest after guest who are setting straight the record in this regard. I assure you the day is going to come when they'll be proven right. And so will Christina Bob. So let's get into it. An investigative reporter and attorney, many of us know her formally as a correspondent and TV host with One America News Network, where she reported almost exclusively on election integrity. And boy, did we need that. But there's much more, so much more. She began her legal career in the Marines as a defense counsel representing Marines and sailors in court-martial and administrative separation hearings. Her multiple overseas tours include Afghanistan and Germany in that regard. Transitioning to private practice, she started out uh, in San Diego and later in Washington, D.C., and now she currently serves as an attorney for Donald Trump's 2024 presidential campaign. She's the author of the new book, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. I welcome to the show, Christina Bob. How are you, Christina? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I used to watch you on OAN, and and this is going to be very informative. Uh, You dedicated your book to, quote, the conspiracy theorists, election deniers, political prisoners, deplorables, and every American who dared to question the narrative. Please explain. (laughs) That's right. I mean, that's who I wrote it for. You know, I had the privilege and honor of getting to be on the ground in many of these states like Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan. You know, I spent months in these states and, you know, it was hard to get information. And despite the fact that it was hard to get information and hard to get it out to the masses, there's plenty of people. I would say the majority of Americans knew that there was something wrong and and stuck to their guns on that. I'm so glad that they did and grateful that they did because they're right. And it's for them, those who were silenced or told, you know, oh, you're crazy. There's nothing there. This was the most secure election in U.S. history. It was a bunch of baloney. And so I wanted to write this for those people who who stuck to their guns and, you know, stuck to the truth. Yes, I hear you right there. And speaking about writing, the introduction to your book was written by none other than Steve Bannon, who many of us consider a true American hero. Steve's initial paragraph in regard to you to me, is extremely telling because I've had several other guests on this podcast of your stock. And from Mr. Bannon, I quote, Christina Bob is first of all a Marine, a Marine Corps major. In fact, this is not something on the margins of her personhood. This fact 
that she is part of the finest combat fighting force in the American military and arguably the world is central to who she is and how she comports herself. Three things I've learned from Marines who I've had the honor of being on the show. I remember John Guandolo, Bill Mucklers. There's been quite a few that have come on this show. The first thing I learned is once a Marine, always a Marine. <laughs> That's the right. The second and thirds are the Marines are serious about business and you don't take any new you know what. Am I right about that in regard to you? That is exactly right. And I was so humbled that Steve was willing to write the introduction that he wrote such uh, such a great, great introduction was quite kind to me, I thought. So uh, I'm. everybody loves Steve Bannon. I mean, everybody probably listening to this podcast loves Steve, Absolutely. Steve Bannon. There's plenty of others who don't. But I think he's a great American, and I'm honored that he worked on this project with me. Being a Marine, having a Marine mentality, does that put you above the fray? In other words, we're going to get into the... Um, corruption of one party and cowardness of another. Marines aren't cowards. So I, I'm going to assume that when you wrote this book and when you delved into what you know, the left and Uncle George Soros and all these people right. that are trying to keep this completely covered up, this is not for the squeamish. Does it help your background to, to, to be able to say, I've already been through they can't they can't they can't show me anything I've never seen before. Yeah, I do think, you know, I don't know if the Marine Corps made me that way or if you have to be that way to make it in the Marine Corps. But I do think it is uh, part of mine and many Marines personality to kind of just drive through whatever's coming at you. And I, I can't say I was above the fray on anything. I do think I took a lot of hits. Uh, but, you know, you just keep going. And at, at the end of the day, we're very mission driven and goal oriented. And my goal was to figure out the truth, like what actually happened and what do people need to know? So I just kept going, you know, whether I came out bumped and bruised, you know, I'll let the viewers decide. But, you know, I just kept going and and I actually didn't set out to write a book. The book is largely my notes from all of the interviews that I was doing and uh, putting together and, and trying to get more information or push, you know, an idea with some of these state legislators. And so I was just writing everything down so I wouldn't forget it. And then, you know, you go through so many states and it was kind of like, oh, look, you know, look, I have a book. So I joke that I accidentally wrote a book because it really is my notes, you know, just kind of going through everything. And to, to your point about the cowardice and corruption, uh, that actually was the original title of the book. Oh. I was originally going to call it Cowardice and Corruption. Uh, we ended up changing it just to make it easier for people to understand what was actually inside the book. But I mean, it, it, cowardice on the Republican side and then corruption on the Democrat side. It was just this fatal cocktail that allowed this to happen. I, I understand. So let's let's dive right into it. The premise of your book is that election fraud is rampant and here's how we can stop it before it kills America. Yep. Your chapter topics include, these are some of the chapter topics, election day 2020, January 6, 2021. And by the way, if it hadn't been as cold as it was, I probably would have taken a bus down there. Ten of my friends, ten it's people so who have been on this show were there. I don't, they can call me a wimp. I am a heat guy. I don't like cold. It was too cold. I did not go. It was so very cold. I, I, yeah, look, <laughs> you're going to kill me, but 50 is cold to me. But anyway, okay. Other, oh, there we go. Other, che no checks and no balances. <laughs> The battle for Arizona and the Arizona audits, Georgia's Republican roadblocks, stealing votes in Pennsylvania, 
Wisconsin fights back, steps up, and exposing the Wisconsin Election Commission, Michigan's Rhino Alamo, the corporate takeover, and what happened in blue states and red states, a fatal mix, as you just said, of cowardness and corruption, changing the narratives, and finally, the Great Awakening. That's not all of the chapters, but some of them that you went into. So please let the people know, because what you're saying is, according to your investigations, quote, the 2020 election was riddled with lying, cheating, stealing, and vote dumping, which disenfranchised <laughs> millions of Americans, probably swayed the outcome of the elections, and worse was the crime cover-up. Absolutely. You know, the saying that I use is Democrats cheated and Republicans covered it up. And that was what baffled me throughout my entire investigation was like, why on earth are these Republicans doing this? And it's weird. It's almost like they have this defeatist mentality and they're like, oh, well, Democrats are going to win anyway. So let's get in their good graces and, you know, we'll cower to them and allow them to play their games. And then they'll be nice to me in this seat. It's, it is so disgusting. And you know, the book is largely the stories that in conversations that I had with these elected officials and, you know, just a fair warning, there will be plenty of parts in the book that are very frustrating. Uh, the vibe I was going for was angry but empowered. I wanted people to to see what so many other great Americans have done in, in initiatives that they've started around the country to try to clean up their local elections and, and solve this problem. And so I'm hoping that the reader sees themselves in the book, whether they see themselves in my role, because, yeah, I was an investigative reporter, but like anybody could have been doing it. You know, anybody could have gone out and, and asked the questions that I was asking. It made sense for me to do it because it was my job. But I, whether someone feels, you know, like they align with what I was doing or some of the other volunteers or some of the people who started nonprofits or some of the people who ended up running for office or, you know, they started working in the county office. I tell all of their stories with the hope that the reader will go, well, I can do that in my area and I can do that in my area. Because at the end of the day, the only way we can correct this is if everybody gets involved. I mean, we're a self-governed nation. That's what makes America great. And if we want to remain a self-governed nation, we have to govern. You know, we actually have to do it. So uh, I, I want to encourage everybody to, to not just to read it, but to figure out what role they can play in their community and go get involved and go do it. Yes, that that is something we absolutely need, especially 2022. We know what happened there in 2024. It'll happen again if we don't stop it. That's right. Uh, my readers, uh, excuse me, my listeners, I know their hairs are about to explode because they're saying, okay, this is night, but get to the chase. You can talk and let her talk about what went, what went wrong. But there's this one pink elephant that remains in the room that nobody can understand. Uh, I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree, but I knew on election night 2020 when they shut everything down around 10 o'clock and said, that's it for the night. <laughs> you know, okay, they got to go out and find some votes. And, you know, Trump was leading in Michigan, Wisconsin, all, all the swing states. He's pretty ahead, that. right? And then two days later, surprise, and, and you know, and they're fine. Yeah. All, all the evidence, I've had at least four people on the show that, that are involved, heavily involved in this. Uh, uh, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, Jenny Beth Martin was just on, Steve, uh, 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 Dan Schultz uh, out in Arizona. And they're all talking about, and now you, about what happened and the question that everybody wants to know to get to the chase, why can't 
or isn't there one, just one court in the United States will listen to this because if one does, others will get. And your attorney, are you surprised that nobody will touch this? I, I am surprised. Yes. I mean, short answer. Yes. I am surprised, you know, understanding the culture we've, we've created in our government. I now, you know, kind of expect it. Uh, the problem is that Republicans have not been fighting for conservative values. And I talk about this in the book. I, I blame Republicans more than Democrats because Republicans have have been getting their lunch money stolen for decades. They've been getting wedgies for decades and they have refused to do anything about it. And now we're at a point where we're not going to have the ability to do anything about it if we don't correct it, like in the next two years. So I, I really blame Republicans for allowing our country to get to where it is right now. But the good news is we're cleaning it out. We've already had many MAGA candidates that have taken office in many different states. We saw what happened with the Speaker of the House you know, vote recently where they didn't just hand it to Kevin McCarthy, even though everybody expected him to do it. They fought for it. And there were enough fighters, not, not enough in the sense that I'm satisfied with it, but thankfully there were enough willing to, to put up that fight to get the rules that would be better for the American people and to give the American people more power. And so we're seeing the Republican Party come to life again. We're seeing the Republican Party become a party of fighters. That's something that hasn't happened in 40 years, maybe. It's been a very long time. They've been, they've been the kid that's getting swirlies in the bathroom for 40 years. And we're finally starting to see fighters actually get into the ring. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I'm telling you, sometimes we get blessings in a form that we don't expect it. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've considered this, but I was really upset on election night 2022 because yeah. I expected a red tsunami in the House. Right. But think about this. If we had gotten a big House victory, Kevin McCarthy would have had enough votes to not have to give us what we wanted. It's yep. only because that we that he didn't have enough votes of his people to swing it that we got all these changes that are going to help tighten stuff up. And right, would you say also if he wants to <clears throat> cower down again and you know if the Democrats say jump, he goes how high? He can say, hey, you either deal with me or do you want to deal with that committee that right. tried to keep me out of office? You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, so hopefully things will be a changing. So yep. if you will take a couple books, a couple chapters, and you tell me what chapters would you want people to read and why? Tell them your favorite chapters and why it would be so important for them to delve into those particular chapters? Well, I think the last two or three chapters are the most important in the sense that's where I I lay it out. You know, I spend the whole book explaining what happened and then I say, okay, so let's condense it down and just say, this is how the fraud occurred and what do we need to do about it? That's, That's the last couple chapters. The Great Awakening, I think, is an important chapter in the sense that uh, hopeful, I hope people feel hopeful in that and understand, you know, what they can do and where they can go and how they can get involved. So I think the last three chapters are the most important. But if you want, like, you know, juicy dirt, I'd say the the chapters on Pennsylvania probably have the most. 
Why Pennsylvania? Because it seems like Arizona was the hot button state. That was yeah. the one that was called. And I'm saying, wait a minute. When Fox News calls something before CNN, there's a problem. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking and I'm saying, what the heck is going on here? Because I've had a lot of guests on and I kind of was piped into what should be going on in certain places. And all of a sudden, everything shut down. So you're saying yeah. from actually from election night that Pennsylvania and its shenanigans uh, supersede and go further than uh, well, Arizona did? Well, I, there's a, I, that's a tough call because there's a lot. Quite honestly, Wisconsin, actually, Wisconsin, you know, it's hard to say which one has the most. Wisconsin probably did the most detailed investigation. I was thinking of Pennsylvania. There's a group called Audit the Vote PA that went out and did phenomenal research on what happened in 2020. And I put I put a lot of their work in there. Arizona is great. The thing uh, that I probably like the most about the Arizona chapter is not just giving you the backstory of the politicking around it, but I actually give you the real results of the Arizona audit. You know, the media wants to tell you that the audit confirmed that Joe Biden won. It did not do that. It never said that. It never made that conclusion. All The only way that the media could try to say that with somewhat, you know, cover is that there were more ballots that were counted in the audit rather than the actual uh, election night. So the tally was higher. And so they used that to say, oh, Joe Biden actually won. That is not at all what it said. There's hundreds of thousands of problems with ballots and signatures and chain of custody issues and you know, a, a myriad of problems. And I lay all of that out for you. So you actually know the real results of the Arizona audit. Wisconsin's got some juicy stuff too. I mean, they're there are some pretty phenomenal findings there, mostly from grassroots efforts that ended up presenting their findings to the state legislature. And then the state legislature, of course, you know, Justice Gableman did his report finding that the Zuckerbucks were actually prima facie bribery because they were paying election officials to have access to manipulate the outcome of the election mm -hmm. and to have control of the election. So the fact that that they found that it violates the bribery statutes in Wisconsin, I think is pretty outrageous. So there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. Every chapter, you know, I kept the chapters really short intentionally because sometimes there's pieces that are kind of heavy topics. So the chapters are very, very short. Um, but I, I think every single one of them has shocking information in it. Okay. Well, the main thing that people would want to know without giving away all the book yeah. How did they pull this off? What are the well, one, two or three things that had to take place on uh, a county, state, local, you know, because yeah. it has to it starts down in the polling place. It's it actually it probably starts even before the election. And as oh, we yeah. talk about mail and batting and we talking about precinct chair people who is counting the ballots. The machines, uh, there, right. there are no such things really as Dominion machines, it's Dominion software, So, right? Because the software yeah. that's the problem because you can put software in anything. And So what allowed this to happen huge in 2020 and then we allowed it, it seems to happen again in 2022? Well, they used COVID as an excuse to break the law. I mean, they did not follow the legal procedures for how to properly conduct an election. They said, oh, we can't follow the law because of COVID. And then after COVID, they said, oh, well, now we've gotten used to mail and mail and voting. So we're just going to continue to do it this way, even though it was illegal. And so 
you know, after COVID, in some of the bluer states, they were able to change laws to actually codify what they did. Um, but flat out, they they broke the law and they cheated. And the reason they were able to cheat and the reason they were able to get away with what they did was because there just were not enough Republicans, not even Republicans, just honest Americans involved in the process to stop it. I mean, I interviewed people in Detroit that said they were outnumbered 100 to 1 volunteers at the Detroit TCF Center at times, at certain times a day. 100 liberal volunteers to one conservative, and that one conservative is supposed to watch all of them. I mean, it's just impossible. They couldn't do it. And so in order to actually secure our elections, we need people to show up, to volunteer. It's not enough to vote. You got to volunteer. You got to give a day, two days. You know, how many ever voting days you have in your state, try to take a chunk of it and be present. I talked to one uh, election worker who said she saw in there, this is out of Detroit, where uh, they would bring all of the ballots in, in Rubbermaid, big Rubbermaid bins. That's what they were, uh, the black Rubbermaid bins is what they were, were uh, transporting the ballots in. But from the Republican precincts, they were in red Rubbermaid bins. And they would take the red Rubbermaid bins and put them over in a corner not to be counted while they would then just count the black bins. And she took a video of it. She showed me a video of them separating out these red Republican precinct bins to go off into some room where, you know, who know, who knows what happened to them. And she said she was there all day and she never saw them come back out to be counted. Well, if we had more people then she voiced, you know, she spoke up and, and said something about it, but she was so outnumbered that she, she wasn't able to do anything about it. And so we need more people there who can say, uh-uh, we're taking those, those votes are gonna get counted. Yes, uh, you say we need to get involved and I hope we do, uh, America, because we can't continue to let this happen and we won't have a country. Right. You know, it's honorable, speaking of people getting involved, it's honorable you brought to light the stories of several brave patriots who continue to raise the curtain on what happened because a lot of times, you know, the stories of people who are out there don't get told. So people think, you know, it's hopeless. Yeah, it, it is not hopeless. It's not hopeless at all. It feels that way because it's heavy. We've got an uphill battle. They have the advantage that they've stolen elections. And so they're in office and they're controlling the levers of power at the moment. But we have the advantage that there's way more of us than them. We outnumber them vastly. Like, the vast majority of Americans, whether they consider themselves conservatives, independent, or Democrat, whatever, the vast majority of Americans want free and fair elections. They don't want cheating. And all Does we that have to include do Democrats? And the reason I ask is because- Is there any good Democrats? Right, well, see, here's the problem. Sometimes when your side, you know what it's like? It's like if you're a football fan. Right, you're like, well. And know the ref made a horrible call, got it completely right. But because of that call, you're going to win the game. And if you called it right, you're going to lose the game, like a pass interference in the end zone on the last play of a yeah. game. And yeah. it's kind of like you know you wouldn't want it to happen to you, and you know it's not a good thing for the sport. Right. But – I want the win. So I'm just wondering, are they putting yeah. up with, you know what, it's it, it, it's it's like what happened when you do the nuclear option and stuff and they were warned, They you know, Carvel warned them, if you, if you do that, if they get in charge, you know, what goes around comes around. Yeah. So are Democrats voters, do they really want fair elections or are they, well, we want fair elections, but we don't want you guys in there. So right. we'll just turn our head. 
and well, play like it didn't happen. That's a very valid point. And I, I think that was truer in 2020, right? More Democrats were willing to be like, well, you know, I don't think it's right, but I'm not going to say anything. Now that Joe Biden's been in office for two years and our nation is tanking and they're so blatantly trying to cripple us and destroy our nation, call me naive, maybe I'm Pollyanna, but I actually do think there are some Democrats who are like, look, I'm a Democrat, but what they're doing is wrong and they're destroying this nation. Uh, maybe maybe not, I don't know, but I, I'd like to think that there are folks in the Democrat party that really are honest and actually want honest elections, but I could be kidding myself. I, I, I hear you. I, yeah. There's some. There I hope might be enough. one or two. <laughs> I, hope there, I hope there's enough because we do need the help you know, because yeah. a lot of people are just oblivious to what's going on. And yeah. I have I know so many people that say they just can't believe the disingenuous mainstream media, the courts or yeah. anybody, Republicans or any, Democrats or anybody would intentionally like they think people belong in jail in January. They, they don't understand what's going on. And they're saying, well, if it wasn't true, somebody would write about it. And they don't understand how all kind of stuff is being suppressed. And right. along those lines, when you were working at OAN and you had your TV show, were you, because I understand the parameters of con even conservative shows, were right. you able to put a lot of your reporting on the air or was there yeah. a lot that you just had to hold back? Well, oh, I, I am a big fan of One American News and the ownership and the family that runs at the Herring family. They're phenomenal. And I'm so grateful for them. And they never held me back on anything. Everything I presented to them, I was allowed to put on air and it's all it's all out there. The confinement or the constraints that I had was not um, the content but the amount of, of information that I had. I got so much information <laughs> right. from spending the time on the ground. You know, I, I didn't have time to get it because you're mm -hmm. only, especially when I was reporting, you have like a seven minute hit. If you're lucky, it might only be five. And so I just didn't have the airtime to get it all out. Um, but they, I mean, they gave me as much as they possibly could. And, you know, it's not the Christina Bob Network. So <laughs> they have to, you know, have the other shows on too. Um, but they, so they were phenomenal, but, and you know, you know what it's like, even on your podcast, it's hard to get everything out in one show or in one, you know, time, time hack. So I hope my, my goal with this writing is, you know, it's a different medium. I can, I can talk to do podcasts or TV shows or whatever and explain the story. And that's great. And I hope it helps people and I hope it piques their interest. But I think writing is just a different way to look at the same thing. And I hope it brings things out. People can be a little bit more methodical reading through it. They can think about it longer. They're not rushed to catch up with the conversation. So it's just another way to approach the problem. And I hope that it, you know, it's a kaleidoscope. You're looking at things a few different ways. Yes. Christina, I've really enjoyed this. Before you tell people how to reach you, my final question for you is please gaze into the future and mm -hmm. enlighten us to your concerns for the 2024 election. The starting yeah. point sadly being that millions of Americans have lost faith in the integrity of our elections. Yeah. What do we as Joe Public, what can we do to help get that back? And what must we do to make sure what happened in 2020 doesn't happen again in 2024? Yeah. Well, I think the people who are most discouraged are people who are not involved. The people that I see who are involved in the polls, doing canvassing, you know, voter outreach, getting people registered to vote, those people have not lost heart. Yes, we're frustrated and it's annoying and we recognize the corruption and all that, but those people know 
that we not only do we have a shot, I think it's very likely that we can get Donald Trump back into the White House in 2024. We understand the roadblocks, of course. Uh, the federal government is against us, which creates problems in and of itself. But uh, but for the most part, the people who are really involved have the most hope. And so for anybody who's listening who feels discouraged, I would say get involved because you'll be around people who feel the same way but have hope. And I think it, I think it will help those people. And, and quite honestly, we need you. We need everybody involved. And the more you get involved, the more you'll see, oh, this is doable. This is very doable. So I think most people, from what I have seen, the people who are the most discouraged are people who are not actually involved. Okay. And along the line, since you mentioned how, how, where does President Trump stand on his concern about this issue? Because he knows he won the last time, you know, is, is this, yeah. And he's got to be, I'm just asking, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is he frustrated that this thing hasn't broken wide? See, I think all it takes is one crack in the dam and it's going to just flood. All this information is just going to start pouring out and people are going to be gassed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And he obviously he's very frustrated about it. He's very frustrated uh, at the state of the 2020 election and where things are at, he recognizes that there's problems with the election. He himself has to look forward to 24 and doing his campaign and coming up, you know, policies and meeting with constituents. Uh, but it matters enough to him that he hired me to run an election integrity program. So uh, it's very much high on his priority list to make sure that we clean up the elections because he could run the best campaign ever. 2020 is a great example. He can run the most phenomenal campaign, but if they steal it, it doesn't matter. You're right. And he warned us ahead of time and he warned us in 2022. Hopefully this time people will listen. Christina, thank you for coming on. Please tell people how they can reach you, how they can get the book and anything else you'd like to promote. Yeah, thank you. So the book's available now on Amazon. You can get it. And then you can find me on uh, Truth and Getter at Christina underscore Bob or Instagram and Twitter. Oh, Christina underscore Bob and Truth and Getter. It's just Christina Bob. Right. And please tell people again the name of the book. Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Christina, I really appreciate you coming on. You're always welcome to come back and keep on doing what you're doing. And I know I don't need to tell you this because you're a Marine, but don't take any you know what from (laughs) any of them. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to come on. I'd love to come back. We'll have you back. There you have it, everybody. Christina Bob. I want to thank Christina Bob for the intense work she's doing to unveil voter election fraud and to seek to empower us so we can put an end to it. This is greatly needed while we still have time to do something about it. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. For first-time listeners, Be sure to check out the podcast archive located on the page. All previous episodes are there featuring guests such as Ben Carson, Naomi Wolf, Kevin Sorbo, Mike Lindell, Jenny Beth Martin, Brandon Tatum, Monica Crowley, Peter Navarro, Diamond and Silk, Lieutenant General Flynn, Herschel Walker, and Dr. Carol Lieberman. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.